0: It was an ordinary evening for my mother, my two uncles, Doug and Les, in about 1946 or 47, so the war was over, but rationing was still very much in force. When my grandfather came home from a business trip, which he used to make regularly working for the post office, with a puppy in his pocket, it was One of the happiest days of my mother's life, as she would still remember uh, decades later at the age of 85, when my grandfather brought home, having uh, taken it for free off his landlady down south, this puppy, which would become known as Pat, and which was a dog for all seasons. You can see it uh, there in that photograph. From 1956, uh, my mother there with Pat on her 21st birthday uh, at St. Albans Lake, the same lake where uh, when it was frozen, uh, Stephen Hawking fell down and first realised there was something wrong with him. Went to school in St. Albans, as did my uncle, uh, Doug, at the St. Albans School. Cat was a dog which romped and bounded in great joy with uh, my mother and her brothers as they rode down about three miles from their home in St Albans to No Man's Land Common to play cricket and dashed about playing cricket with them. He was a dog, and this is the theme in uh, this podcast of uh, Dogs Abilities, who could find his way home short distance when um, about half a mile away he was out with the uh, family and was frightened by the sound of a scout band uh, something blaring out very loudly uh, rushed off uh, to everyone's distress uh, when they got home very upset about Pat and where he was. Uh, My grandmother said, well, he's here. He's been here for quite some time. He was actually stolen, apparently, uh, by the gypsies, it was thought, and came back uh, after a great deal of more considerable distress. Some days uh, absence came back with a rope around his neck. Having made his way home, we don't really know how many miles Um, Pat would live for about 10, 11 years in those days when they didn't really know that chocolate was bad for dogs. And they gave Pat rather too many chocolate treats, uh, which he probably deserved, but which shortened his life perhaps a little bit. But there was no day so gloomy for my mother at age 85 that you couldn't mention Pat to her and have her suddenly drop down a kind of magic tunnel or wormhole into uh, teens uh, and be there with that dog again and he was going through my mind very much when I wrote my book Singing Mouse uh, at Buckingham Palace with many wonderful dog uh, and animal stories from the 19th century and it's often struck me time and again just riding uh, through the park Watching people that animals bring people together. The true story of creation must surely go something like this that God made the world, but on the sixth day, He and Jesus, the baby Jesus, were looking down on their works and saw that they were good on the whole, but Rather thought, well, they're a shy bunch, the British, you know, they don't seem to talk to each other as much as they do. And the baby Jesus said, well, what about doggies, Father? I like doggies. Let's give them some doggies. And the Lord Jesus and his father saw that the doggies were good. And time and again, they brought people together. This is Dark Histories from the secret university with a special... Episode of historic portraits to cheer people up at what in Britain, at any rate, is a rather gloomy and cold uh, mid March. It's raining again after snow this past Wednesday. First Dog takes us back to the Drury Lane Theatre in London in 1803 when the theatre was going through a bit of a rough patch and needed a hit to bring in the crowds and raise the revenue. And someone came up with the brilliant wheeze of A Dog Star, the play for this Newfoundland dog named Carlo, uh, who's also been celebrated more recently in a book of my own that I'm gonna be putting out shortly, a piece of fiction uh, called Carly with a K, uh, The Wonder Dog. The original Carlo back here was a Newfoundland dog of mottled colours, from what we can see from his portraits, and became very famous in the melodrama known as the Caravan, uh, in which to cut to the simple basics of the plot, Uh, a villain steals the baby of a lady with whom he is enamoured but who piously rejects him and tosses the baby into a lake. Uh, Cue the actual theatre in Drury Lane which has a tank of water and Carlo on hand having been pretty rigorously trained for this job which is just as well as we're told. It's difficult to be absolutely sure about this but there is reason to believe That in some performances, at least, it was indeed a real baby. (coughs) Which was hurled by the villain into the tank of water. Uh, and which Carlo had to bring out. Jan Bondeson, in his terrific book, Amazing Dogs, tells of how in 1804 the baby's mother was complaining uh, that Carlo had bruised the baby, no doubt unintentionally, with his strong jaws. Uh, Certainly the Highland lady, Elizabeth Grant, of Roy Marcus, in her memoirs much later, remembered as a child going to see the play, and she and all the other children in Terrible uh, suspense and uh, agony as they watched the doll baby, I'm not really sure in this case, being hurled into the water and Carlo bounding in with a terrific explosion uh, to fetch it out. The dog got very, very famous, had its own biography published by a child's author, Eliza Fennick, along with its. Portrait come 1808, Carlo was too busy to appear as Crab in Two Gentlemen of Verona uh, and made a terrific amount of money uh, during the caravan for the uh, producer of the play. And the playwright Frederick Reynolds remembered I cleared 360 pounds, bear in mind this is 1804, simply by a dog jumping into a small tank of water. Next dog takes us over to Perpignan and Paris in France. Uh, and this tale occurred sometime before uh, 1847, seems to been around the time of the formation of the French SPA, uh, Société Protectrice des Animaux, And the story went like this. Uh, A young man from Perpignan was arrested on a charge of conspiracy, evidently false, but he was taken by two gendarmes from Perpignan to Paris. His dog, seeing its master carried off in this manner, knew that he was unhappy, and so he followed the carriage. Now, bear in mind that from Perpignan to Paris or Paris to Perpignan, is 720 miles. The dog got to uh, Paris and showed itself. The uh, law took pity on the young man whose name we don't know uh, and allowed the dog to go into prison with him. He was there in prison for three months before his trial came uh, and when it did he was taken to the Hall of Justice and he was followed by the dog. We don't know what breed of dog this is, but it was one of some abilities, as we'll see. Dog lay down under a bench uh, and remained there during the trial. Presently, the young man was unanimously acquitted and was warmly congratulated by numerous friends who were present in the hall. Uh, He naturally inquired for his dog before he left the Hall of Justice, but it was nowhere to be found. Where had it gone? Well, uh, a little bit later, who should burst into the house in Perpignan but this dog, which has travelled 720 miles, uh, making up a round trip of fourteen and 1,440 miles. But of course, in this second case... Uh, which took him only about 100 hours, we're told, so not much sleep. In this second case, he has had to get to Perpignan without anything to guide him there. I can assume he's been following uh, a, the carriage to Paris for the initial journey, which is quite enough of a feat of stamina. But what's caused an incredible feat is how the hell did he get back to Perpignan? And there's no normal reasonable comprehensible way in the uh, theories of modern science that he could have done it but he did and the other detail about this of course is that uh, as soon as he saw everyone rejoicing he worked out that his master was happy his master was free but on the other hand the family did not know the news uh, and so he raced down to Perpignan to tell them about it As we'll see, this is not the most extraordinary of uh, feats of canine navigation, but not bad at 720 miles. In the same century back in Britain, Queen Victoria was a terrific dog lover. She was very, very fond of her dog Dashy in her youth uh, when she had quite a lonely time in the years uh, either side of her accession. Uh, She died with her favourite dog on her bed in the Isle of Wight and she was very delighted with some new St Bernard puppies which had just been born at Windsor in August 1841. Delightful little things like bears. Uh, she wrote in her youth. She probably wouldn't have guessed uh, back then of uh, the encounter she was going to have with some opponents in Switzerland. She was on holiday uh, in Switzerland in April 1899, aged by now almost 80. And she was riding in an open carriage during this holiday with, I would imagine, at least two horses and uh, pretty thoroughbred ones at that, when a party encountered an old beggar man driving a cart drawn by two big St Bernard dogs. You've probably heard the phrase dog cart, and sometimes it refers to a small cart in the 19th century, which is pulled uh, by horses. But of course, it originally was pulled by dogs, St Bernard's being pretty hefty ones for the job and here's the account of this uh, memorable encounter with this swiss character from the illustrated police news of the day after doffing his cap to the queen the old man whipped up his team and kept pace with the royal carriage to the top of mont boron hill then with a whoop he dashed down the opposite slope leaving the royal horses hopelessly outpaced He was presently found waiting hat in hand at the foot of the hill by Queen Victoria uh, and was given a small reward and blessed by by her before he turned his St Bernard's home. One pretty glaring example there of how animals do indeed bring people together. Jumping ahead now into the 20th century, we turn again to this incredible ability of dogs. It's not just dogs, cats have done this uh, to an extraordinary degree as well. It's ability to get home extraordinary long distances and actually something still more amazing uh, than that, animals to get to a place that they have never ever been before. Here is uh, an extraordinary example of this from World War One, uh, Just at the start of the war, uh, an Irishman, Private James Brown, who had moved uh, with his wife and his dog, an Irish terrier, uh, Prince, to Hammersmith in London, was stationed with the Staffordshire Regiment in uh, Armontyere in France. And he was corresponding with his wife uh, from the trenches when he got a letter saying she was very sorry to have to tell him uh, that Prince had disappeared from Hammersmith and he could not be found. Well, Private Brown wrote back to his wife saying, you're not going to find Prince in Hammersmith because he's here with me. This is a true story. Uh, Somehow Prince, who was much fonder, uh, I have to say, of James Brown than of his wife. Prince had got himself all the way down to the Channel onto a boat uh, and across to France after which he had found Private James Brown amidst God knows how many uh, British soldiers at Montier in France. How on earth did he do this? Uh, this is something it seems that uh, cats have also done and Impressively enough, after this feat, uh, Prince also survived the war. Uh, He became a great mascot with his own khaki jacket of the regiment. He was a great killer of trench rats, his record uh, having been apparently 137 in one day, and he could be seen riding about on a horse in his khaki jacket as well. The only explanation we've got for this is that Prince simply homed in on James Brown. This is all he could possibly have done. It's just statistically absurd to imagine that he could have found uh, this man by chance amidst thousands of soldiers across uh, hundreds of miles from Hammersmith to Armontier. So we have here a fascinating, uh, completely unexplained as yet, but also a story with other parallels case of this dog's love leading it on a strange trail all these miles uh, through all these adventures to survive the war in France. And we come finally to the great archetype of dog adventures in uh, America. We are now just within sight of the centenary of Bobby the Wonder Dog, Uh, who was a collie, Scottish collie cross uh, dog, born in 1921, uh, male dog belonging to the Brazier family, Frank and Elizabeth, husband and wife, with two young daughters, Leona and Nova. They lived in Silverton in Oregon. Uh, west coast of the United States and they went on holiday in August 1923 almost a century ago now to their relatives in Walcott Indiana and Bobby of course came with them uh, being two years old at this time had a nice holiday with them which was planned for about a fortnight until he was attacked by three other dogs and ran away the family were very distressed and stayed over there allotted two weeks to try and find uh, Bobby and just could not do it so began driving back the uh, two and a half thousand miles to Oregon daughters in a terrible state as you can imagine who want to be driving that car uh, through that harrowing trip imagining now that they would never see Bobby again and the weeks uh, limped on the months limped on and as it turned out Bobby was loping on and pretty grim Christmas I imagine with Bobby's bone all wrapped up Uh, under the tree and uncollected, daughters not uh, in a very happy state, January comes in and February comes in and Poppy comes home two and a half thousand miles across uh, an American winter through some of the coldest territory uh, in the continent of America, rivers, mountains, deserts how the hell did he do this nobody knows no science has explained this um he wasn't just going home to a person in this case but we can't rule out that it was the presence of the people in his home as well as the home that he knew which led him back across this absolutely epic journey it was retraced afterwards uh, once he got home he became famous and s- starred as himself in his own film and during the retracing of the journey they heard from people who looked after bobby they found that he'd stopped at every petrol station that they used on the way over traveling east uh, on the original journey to their relatives What can we say about the mechanisms by which this occurs? Well, my friend Robert Charman has done a terrific book on paranormal abilities, and there's a great chapter in it on uh, animal abilities. Cats uh, have demonstrated remarkable homing abilities. Cats, of course, as you often find, seem to be fonder of their original home than their actual owners. So you move with your cat and it'll keep going back two-year-old home you have to fetch it if you live live near enough this happened to my friend susie in bristol quite a bit um sometimes people of course just give up and leave the cat with uh, its old home and its new owners uh cows actually can do this and it's pretty thought provoking to think about how many uh, cows are separated from new calves in uh sales and yet will go back within a few hours to find the calf, which is in a completely uh, new farm, place that they'd never been to before. And dogs, uh, we've just seen prints. We've heard of uh, my mother's dog, Pat, finding its way back several miles after several days, wherever it was coming back with the rope uh, around its neck. And Bobby, the great, great archetype of this, uh, traveling two and a half thousand miles across some of the most atrocious weather and climate of the American winter. The experiments that have been done on dogs, letting them uh, loose a few miles from home, often very early in the morning so there's not so much traffic about, have shown that not all dogs can do this, but the dogs that can do it seem to be what you call alpha dogs, that for perhaps a minute or so they wander about seeming a bit disorientated and lost uh, and then suddenly their head will go up almost like a compass needle going up and they will then make their way back and nothing will really stop them. What's fascinating about this uh, ability is they seem to be following a trail that is beyond human abilities to use or to really understand insofar as they're on a kind of autopilot. They don't seem to register ordinary obstacles. They get over them, around them, however, eventually. But it's actually said that they do this homing uh, to, to get back better at night than they do in the day. So it's as though there's some kind of strange mystic trail which the dog is following, or almost, you might say, which is pulling the dog onward homeward and of course not just homeward but back to uh, its owner as in the case of James Brown so here's a job for science to fully understand this extraordinary ability which is perhaps the most powerful uh, example of how animals bring people together or indeed something brings animals and people back together what is the answer to this incredible Incredible journey of Bobby across America in 1923 and 1924. What was the mystic force that brought him back to the Brazier family and uh, those young girls in February 1924? In the absence of any full scientific answer I can tell you exactly what it was. Uh, and I heard it in fact not that long ago in my mother's voice when she talked about Pat? The answer quite simply was love. This has been Dark Histories from the Secret University. Many more splendid dog stories if you'd like to read them in. A singing mouse at Buckingham Palace. Six noble portraits here to cheer us up in a rather chilly March. Many thanks for listening.